Pam Ochoa not too long ago on the show. We talked about how you were going on a trip. We kind of talked about it out of order for the podcast world, but they don't know unless they listen to me just say that right now. Regardless, um, you went out on vacation. You came back. What I, I just want to know, just in a quick summarization, how would you rank this time you were out? One to ten, ten being the greatest time you've ever had, one being the absolute worst time you've ever had. Scale of one to ten, where do you rank where you were? This is our team builder for the day. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, I don't know. I guess we could put an eight in there. It had been a 10, but somebody came back sick. <laughs> I'm allergic to the trees. <laughs> so I had a big old allergy attack. But other than that, we had a good time. I was with my family and um, we got, we played, we kind of stayed in some and we put together two puzzles and we went out and watched some shows and we went sightseeing and it was fun enjoyed it did a lot of walking so I, it was just nice to get away and not have to worry about anything else so that part's good now my sister on the other hand she said she was taken off and uh, she kept getting phone calls and her job never ends she's a tax person she does people's taxes and everybody has a crisis <laughs> all year round Payroll taxes and everything else. So she, she was dealing with one crisis after another. But other than that, we had a good time. We sat around the table and put puzzles together. See, so. I feel like I'm I'm like your sister. I always like even when I'm not officially working, there's always an email to respond to. There's people to reach out to. There's schedules to check. There's I mean, before we started this podcast, I had to send like three different emails because of things going down. So it's just like. That's I'm, that's how I usually am. That that's that's the thing about people that do work that's kind of outside of the norm is we are in in general we are people who it we're because we're not on a time constraint that means we have a lot of freedom but there's there's so many things that just pop up so you have to work in a in a in a bunch of different ways you know what I mean. Right. I mean, I noticed that I just sat there and watched you answer those emails and I absolutely <laughs> did not answer one. So, yeah, I kind of kind of cut it off there for two weeks. But I uh, know we're about to get we're about to get started again. Well, glad you enjoyed your time. Sorry, you're a little sick that for people who are listening to the show uh, to, to ease Pam's voice on this one. We're going <laughs> to we're going to take a little light today. Probably a nice 30 minute conversation. But we're going to be talking about just dealing with change. This is definitely going to be a year where we deal with change in a variety of ways. I, I always say on my campus and on our campus now, because we're going to be at the same place, is the, the only constant on that campus is change. Something always changes. Something always, I wouldn't say messes up plans necessarily, but something throws a wrench and then we have to change what we're going to do. It is the nature of the beast um and there's already changes happening in the world of our campus so we'll be talking about that among other things and then how to kind of deal with them how we think about them so a nice short conversation about change maybe this will help you put some of your own change in perspective this is the craft and draft podcast that's pam ochoa i'm jacob chastain so we got change you know change is something that i do gradually 
right? Like I don't, I don't feel like, well, I don't know. I guess I, I, I am a sudden changer sometimes. Like I, I don't mind change. Like it doesn't freak me out too much. And I think a lot of that is because my home life was never very stable as a kid. So while I do like the same thing over and over again, and I can easily just kind of do the same thing over and over again, I'm also just like, let's go. And then boom, change happens and I'm there. So let's maybe we start with there. How do you feel about change? Are you comfortable when things alter suddenly or does it take you a minute to adjust? Well, I think that just kind of depends, but as far as school it goes, on the I've kind had, of change, right? <laughs> it does. <laughs> but actually, I I think that's what. Yeah, I, I was while you were talking, I was thinking about this one teacher I used to teach with. She was in this our, one of the buildings. You know, I've been in several, but anyway, she was at, at my school. Um, that I was at about 15 years ago. But anyway, she had been in that same room for 30, she taught for 30 years and for 30 or maybe 35. And she taught every year in that one room. She never changed. She was in that one room. And I mean, she had a load of stuff to take out, but she was, she had been there. And then I think I, at this in the short time that I was there compared to her time, which was about nine years, I was out in the portable, I was in the front hall, I was in the middle hall, I was in the side hall, I was in the back hall, then I moved back to the middle hall, then I went back to the, <laughs> to the last hall, and then I moved two doors down. I mean, every time I turned around, I and not only that, I went from English to history to science to Texas history to... Uh, English again to eighth grade to seventh grade to sixth grade back to seventh grade history and then back to uh, English. So, I mean, maybe and then I was a department chair and then I was a GT specialist and then they moved me to another building and made me an academic coach that I did not apply for. I just want that cleared up. And uh, anyway, so I have always had change. I mean, it was funny because my very first at when I was at the high school, we had a principal. Well, there was a shooting at uh, the campus before I had gotten there. It's one of those. I, mean, I don't know if it made the news or whatever because it was while I was in college. But that particular t- uh, person was coming for a teacher. But the teacher was not in the same hallway. So because of that, I was at a principal with a principal that believed that everybody should change classrooms. So every year, the custodians, bless their hearts, were moving all of us to different rooms all the time. And she did it for safety. So, yeah, I think change like that is something that I'm pretty familiar with. But it does make it hard. It gets kind of tiresome. Yeah, it does. And, you know, I, I don't know. I think leaders... I don't know. I guess we uh, the types of change that I'm most okay with are the ones that are kind of like I you know I see the rational the rationale behind it and I understand why something needs to happen or um you know change I don't you know what's funny I think about that one song the the winds of change who is that the scorpions did they write that song Maybe I don't remember. That sounds right. I'm right about that one. I'm not even going to fact check are. that like we did last time. That's all we did was fact check ourselves <laughs> about random things in the last episode. Um, but so I don't. It's interesting in terms of teaching. So I'm going to go back to my first year. You know, you, you just kind of accept whatever job you get, right? Mm-hmm. And my I started out as a social studies teacher, 
I wanted to teach English, but you know, unless you're, you know, unless you're qualified, you usually don't get those jobs. Um, cause it's, you know, one of the core subjects or whatever. Um, or it's one of the subjects that are measured, you know, by the state, the heaviest, you know, reading and math. So, um, I got social studies and I thought I was going to teach social studies my second year. And I really didn't have, I didn't have any qualms with that. I liked my job. I liked my partner. The team was cool. I like social studies, at least U.S. history and whatnot. Everything else is kind of bland to me. U.S. history is super fun. But um, year two came around. Our principal changed. Leadership changed. I get a message from my principal, hey, let's meet for coffee and talk. And the mo- I mean, the moment that was coming, I was like, all right, they're going to move me somewhere else. Um, so super fun. And I was, he goes, I need you to teach. I heard you were interested in teaching English. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, well, I have a job open in sixth grade. And I was like, sixth grade? Gross. Like, ugh. you know what I mean? Like that was my, I, I, cause I always thought I wanted to teach high school. So I accepted it obviously, but then I, I fell in love with just the, the content of sixth grade and the, the life of sixth graders and just, you know, everything in between. Like I just, sixth grade is by far, um, the most fun grade I've ever taught. Maybe besides this last year, just cause I looped up with them, but they were still sixth graders to me. Cause that's how I knew them. Uh, I stayed in sixth grade for a while. And then eventually when you and I started working together, they came and were like, Hey, you should come be a literacy coach. And then I did seventh grade, which I always thought I wouldn't do and came back. And then I did sixth again, but then I got seventh halfway through and then I looped up and did seventh. So it's like, all I've, I've, I have not had a stable year pretty much since the first two. <laughs> Like, like after those two, like there's always been some rapid change that I've had to deal with, you know, taking on a class mid-year, changing schedules, doing whatever. Um, and I, I'm comfortable with those things. They're less than ideal because what we do in the classroom, you and I, you know, with workshop is, you know, we build communities, we build procedures that then run themselves. And if you get a class like I did two years ago, mid-year with kids that don't that are from different classes. So they have different procedures and then you, you try to rebuild a workshop. That's incredibly challenging to do in January. Right. 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 So I've had those challenges and what's funny, I've been successful. Now I wouldn't say like those workshops run as well as one that I started in August. Um, but they, they work because the process works. It just takes time. And luckily we have a principal that's very patient with those things. So, um, I've dealt with those things, but even as, we walk into this next year, you know, people get promoted. People have babies. That's how like all the changes have happened at our campus. Most of our changes in the last two years have happened because people have gotten married. They're having kids they're doing all those things. Um, this year we have very low turnover. Um, especially if you look at historically what we usually have on our campus. Um, but as things happen, you know, our academic coach, um, for people that don't know, it, it's, it's just, you know, they're, they're a coach that helps with data and teachers and whatnot. They are, they got a principal job, which she was working hard to get. She's in another district, in another city. And lo and behold, what happens then is there's a vacuum in the campus. So someone needs to fill this role. It doesn't mean that someone from the English team will, but we have two people on our English team fighting for this job. We have, there's other people going and then there's outsiders. And I just, I I looked at you, Pam, and I was like, well, 
we'll see how this shakes out because right now, because <laughs> right now we have uh, it's you and me in seventh, and then our awesome partner Taylor, uh, and we were kind of you know like quote unquote the dream team, um, but if. Uh, our eighth grade position goes, then we have to strongly consider how that goes because we won't be hiring until around August, which is terrifying for the eighth grade position. It's very important. Then sixth grade is also a possibility, um, which the sixth grade team is super young. The other two teachers on the team started last year. Um, which isn't impossible, but that's your foundation in English, right? Like if you have, so there's, there's personnel, to consider with whatever. And uh, what's funny is us three and seventh are the most concentrated focus of teachers. We're the, we're the most aligned. We're the most workshop um, educated, but we're also the most experienced just at doing what we do. So that complicates it because if you concentrate, it becomes a balancing act, right? It's, it's where rat, (laughs) it's where you have your, Where do you put your people? What kind of people can you bring in? Because here's the thing. We've hired our last eighth grade teacher who moved because of a, another opportunity for her husband. They're, they moved states. Um, we found her, and she's amazing, uh, two years ago when we had a teacher start and then quit after about four weeks. So we found her late. She was a long-term sub that we ended up just keeping on, but she was phenomenal. She was very agreeable. Like she was just super like, I mean, literally one of the nicest human beings you'll ever meet in your life, but she was also really good with the kids. She was super patient. She was willing to try things. She was really good at like literature circles became her jam, which is I think really good for eighth grade because it's a, it's a different kind of class. Um, and she did great. Like, I mean, considering the circumstances and the fact that she was a new teacher, she dominated. I mean, really, and it was really sad to see her go, uh, this year because it was like, oh, all right, well have fun. You know, I'll write you a letter recommendation, whatever you need. But so that's what we're talking about here. There's always change and change isn't always bad. We found great teachers that way, but change is scary in the teaching world because you've kind of lived this experience with me is. You know, when you get closer to the start of school, it is hard to find the right people for the campus because it's not always about finding qualified teachers necessarily. It's about finding qualified teachers that fit the campus, the drive, the the culture, because there's like I've interviewed teachers that I'm like, you're amazing. You're great. You're not right for this campus. And that that's challenging, right? I mean, have you have you ever sat on interviews where you're like, man, this person's really good. They just shouldn't be here at this campus. Yeah, I have actually. Uh huh. And then just because I've been at so many campuses, I could sit there and go, I know which campus would be good for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah. every every campus has a different culture, and uh, so that and and you know that culture set by all sorts of different elements or you know, variants or whatever, the principals all the way down to the type of teachers that they hire. And of course, you know, your, your student body. So, uh, yeah, so yeah, definitely I've done that. So I think, I think too, uh, at a campus like yours, and of course I'm hoping that I can even come close to, you know, (laughs) and the expectations that might be there. (laughs) 
I can keep them in the seat. You told me if I can at least keep them in their chairs, that'd be a good thing. So, I mean, I can do that. If I can't do anything, I can do that. Uh, But anyway, but yeah, I've been to a lot of campuses and it really does take um, people who can handle change in order to deal with different, you know, I think that's one of my strengths is I can handle a lot of different change and I'm adaptable. And I think you also need to be coachable. And be willing. Uh, there's one thing that I know not to do, and that is say these things. Well, at our campus or at the campus I just came from, you know, well, we did this at, or it was better at, you know, and you're always comparing the campus that you're at with the campus that you were from in a more negative light. And I think I've seen teachers do that to the point it, it's, it just really puts everybody in a, you know, a hard spot because really you're insulting everybody you're working with because that campus is the one you're at now and there's nothing we can do about not being at the campus we were just at. You know, it's I so mean, funny that you say mm-hmm. that uh, is uh, we had a teacher who is no longer at our campus, but, you know, she would always I, you could tell when she was unhappy about something because it always came down to those comments, right? It was like, oh, well, mm-hmm. you know, when I did this here, when I did this there, and I'm like, here's the thing. Like, I'm okay with some of that, right? Because you're bringing your experience. You're bringing yeah. all of this. Yeah. But at the same time, this is – there's different ways to phrase those things if you really want to use that previous experience, But really what's being said, like you kind of alluded to, is, you know, well, they did it better here. You know, this was more under control. Think different campuses are different campuses. You've been at far more campuses than I have. But even the few that I've seen, the the difference in culture and in focus from campus to campus, even within the same district, is Uh astronomically wide sometimes. I mean, there are to the point of almost being different worlds. And I I think that can't be understated enough to where you have to, and this also, (laughs) this is for another podcast, but this also lends itself to us talking um, eventually about like how everyone feels like they have the answers in education uh, for all schools. Um, But those answers are, if we can't even have the same answer from campus to campus in the same district, we're not going to have the same answers from district to district, state to state, you know, across a country Mm -hmm. as large as the United States. But I digress. My point is, is the, when it comes to working and, and processing change, I feel like, I don't know, everyone processes differently and we have to, I, I interviewed Jimmy Casas on the Teach Me Teacher podcast not too long ago. And we talked a lot about disgruntledness, you know, people just feeling disgruntled with their coach, their principal, their head teacher, whatever. And he talked about how people being negative, all that's showing you as a person is that's just where they are. That That's just where they are. This in their head space, they are at a point to where they can't accept this they, or maybe not even accept it. They can't move on. They can't cope with it. And as a person in spaces that change a lot, like our campus where anything can happen at any point, <laughs> it becomes a balancing act of, okay, because I'm, I'm usually just super gung ho and I'm like, okay, like I'm not going to dwell on something I can't change, 
But sometimes that has come off as me like seeming aloof or like not caring about people's emotions in uh, just the, the campus culture, which isn't true. I do care about that stuff. It's just I, I move on, I think, faster than a lot of people. I'm just like, OK, done. We're, we, the decision's made. We're moving on. <laughs> so there, there is this balancing act of, you know what, like if you are if you're having trouble I have worked very hard to become someone that can like just sit and listen and be productive for someone because I'm usually the calm within the storm, or at least I try to be. I think that's one of my skill sets. Um, well, how, how, what would you say like your role is like? Because you, I, I, and your your roles probably change depending on your position and everything. But like, if mm-hmm. I'm viewing myself as kind of the the calm to weather the storm with everyone, do do you see yourself as that calm person as well, or what role do you tend to take when when like a change happens, the team is freaking out? How does Ochoa respond? Well, this I'm is your second in interview, by the way. My second <laughs> interview. I had no idea. Uh, I feel like I'm an encourager. Uh, I think I'm a. Uh, I think I've been through so much, if you will, and um, I'm usually, like you said, the one that's calm. But I'm usually the one that people often come to for, like, I have this problem. How can I handle it? And I usually try to help them. If they don't want to come to me, I don't force myself on anybody. At least I don't think I do. But uh, I, it has changed. I think. I think when I was a department chair. Uh, I think when things happen, you have to keep everybody settled and you have to maintain this is our goal. And I think if you always keep the kids first and the goal for the students first and you really understand um, the vision and the mission that your school has and that your district has and that you settle in on that, I think as like a leader, you have to kind of focus everybody there. So you're more of a focuser, if you will. I mean, you, you're there to help. I've always been one to help Uh, people. um, When I was a department chair, uh, I had, I had one of my friends said, well, Pam, you're not going to get your stuff done on time. You're busy helping everybody else. You know, I was setting everybody's stuff up. I was going and getting books for them. I was, you know, so I think I'm more of a supporter, more of an encourager, but I think by doing stuff like that, you settle them a little bit, you know, you keep them settled. They're not, that's one thing they're not having to worry about. I know how to worry about it because I've done it for so much. It's not, it's not anything for me to set my stuff up compared to maybe a new person coming in, things like that. I've already got it figured out for the most part. Uh, sometimes I don't. It looks like I won't have it done and then I always get it done. So, you know, some people get kind of get nervous around me because <laughs> I don't get it done. Let's see. As a academic coach, that was a different, that was a whole different animal altogether because you've got people who, you've got teachers and, you know, that are, like you said, disgruntled, and you got to figure out a way to work with that disgruntled teacher. So you've got to find something common that you have with them, something that you can find support. So I think, again, I must be the helper because that's how I go about doing it. I go about doing it as a support. So I find out what somebody needs, and then I do whatever I, t- I can to make sure they get that need met, even if it is advocating for them. Uh, but I don't advocate to the point that I'm going to hinder myself. Because sometimes advocating for someone who's doing the wrong thing is not necessarily what you need to be doing. So you've got to always keep the student, the mission, the vision, what the principal's expectations are in focus, no matter what you do. I don't know. Did I answer your question? Yeah. I mean, I'm just sitting here just, you know, playing all the scenarios that I've had before in my head and talking and like just thinking about Mm -hmm. the different roles 
that I've played and things I could have done differently or whatever. And, you know, I think what I think really what helps or what keeps people doing this profession, especially if you're at a, a campus that is, you know, scrappy like ours and, it, you know, it's 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 intense in a lot of ways, both just as a teacher and just working at, at, at such a fast pace is um, a lot of it just comes down to how well you kind of process stress and knowing what you need. So you can kind of be either an advocate for other people or an advocate for yourself. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's people that like as the, as the department chair, you know, my room becomes the place where people go and they right, yell the and hub. vent. And, mm-hmm. and then, but once they're done with that, like they're fine. Like the majority of people, like they just need, like not yelling at me necessarily, but like mm-hmm. they're, they're going off and doing their, whatever it is that they're trying to do. Um, and then they, they move on. And that means that a lot of my time does kind of quote unquote, get sucked away <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, I'm listening to people and kind of playing, uh, you know, shoulder for people or supporter, or we're talking through data, or we're talking through assignments or whatever. And that's fine. Like, I, I don't mind that because it, it honestly, just like the podcast and craft and draft and teacher teacher, the, the more I talk about it, the more I'm better at my job. So even though I probably do work a lot of hours during a school week, just because of everything I'm doing, cause I don't get everything done at campus anymore. Um, I, I feel like it, it really does make me better. So in some ways change and turmoil <laughs> to be uh, hyperbolic is, is something that drives me to kind of, it almost keeps me focused, right? Like I don't even, I don't even know what I would do if we didn't have a problem to fix every week. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like it's, it's just yeah. kind of the nature of the beast. Well, I think sometimes if things stay completely the same all the time, then they become withered, if you will. I think it's through that change that you grow. But I think sometimes too much change can be really unnerving. I think sometimes I've been there where it just, it seems like the principal just changes it to change it. I'm like, you had you had hit on something earlier. If, if I, I do better when I know why there's a change. And if the change makes sense to me, then I probably handle it a little bit better. But, you know, I, I mentioned my story earlier where I was blah, blah, blah. And I went and asked, uh, switching all the time, I went and asked my principal at that time. I said, oh, my goodness, when is it going to stop? You know, I, do you not like me? And he goes, no, contrary. I know you can handle it. But the person that I'm keeping in the same spot. But I said, well, you know, why? Why does it always have to be me? <laughs> can I? Can you just keep me in one spot for two years? You know, and I mean, they made me. The, I was a department chair for seven years, but I'm the one who moved around. The rest of my department kind of stayed in one spot, but I moved from room to room or or um, grade level to grade level. Every time there was a hole, I'm the one who filled it. And he said, "Well, good teachers can do that. That's why I have you there." So I, I guess it was more of a compliment, but I didn't. Sometimes I took it more as a. I had to watch my own attitude because, and not get on the disgruntled bandwagon because you can get there real fast, especially well, if you don't understand why. And that's the interesting place that we find ourselves in in this coming year because uh, we, as as the current teacher standings are, you know, it's we're a rock solid team from sixth, seventh to eighth. If any of those pieces move for any reason, uh, 
things change a little bit because then it becomes, okay, so how do you best use what you have, you know, to kind of go to the top of this is, you know, I, I feel like I am the Ochoa of Richland to where, you know, when, when, when a, a new class has to be taken on, it's Chastain that gets the class and my kids shuffle around to make it happen, you know, and mm-hmm. because I've taught, well, I haven't taught eighth grade English, but I've taught eighth grade and um, sixth and seventh and all of that. So I, I become kind of the, the plug, so to speak, of where to go. That's why I'm in seventh, actually, is because of that. So that and here's the funny thing, though, is our, my communication with our principal is so good and she's so good at what she does. None of this is last minute. Right. But Mm -hmm. as we were talking about kind of what sparked us to want to talk about this on the show was it might not be last minute and communication's great and things might change. And, you know, I could be seventh and that'll be awesome. I could be sixth. I could be eighth, whatever. It is what it is. I love my campus. I love doing what I do. I'm going to be thankful no matter what happens, but we won't know the answer for weeks still as the time of recording this just because of the nature of the bees people are on vacation people are doing this they're doing that they have to get applications i mean there's a whole process that gets involved so when the dominoes fall we we literally have to wait and see what's going to happen nothing could change and everything could change literally within the span <laughs> of a week or so so <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think that's the part that we it's it that becomes what we deal with is 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 okay change is going to happen but it's like all right I buckle up you know because you never know and that's that's exciting to me in some ways but it's also like oh my god like <laughs> just go ahead no I was just gonna say uh, I, I've always felt like the one thing about teaching is. You know, we're talking about the whole year changing in the lineup, if you will, for the for the year, but with teachers, but in your own classroom, it changes from minute to minute. Uh, it changes from student entry to student withdrawal, you know. And I mean, so this is the one job that you can go to every day and not one day in that one hundred and eighty seven days will be the same. Not one day will be the same. Even though you've got it all set up, but you don't know how how Johnny's going to react to Sally and how you're going to react to, you know, to their situation. And so you're always having to problem solve always. And I think, I think when you can't do that very well or are quick on your feet like that, I think that makes the job even more stressful. Well, then you have, you know, like you said, kids change classes and a kid does something bad in one class. So they change a schedule and kids move and kids leave. You know, we have our transient rate on our campus is huge. And that is definitely something that we have to deal with is the classes you start with are not going to be the classes you end with. Um, That was especially true during COVID. But, I, you know, it's this just the nature of what we do. You know, new kids move in, kids move out, kids go away and come back. Um, it it is the nature of working at a campus like ours, but I don't know. So to, to kind of close out our, our, our shorter episode today, what's one piece of advice you could give to someone? Maybe they're experiencing this right now. Maybe they're sitting back and they're like, ah, crap. I don't even know what grade I'm going to teach next year. I know I'm hired and I have a job. Hallelujah. But I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, maybe they're listening to this mid year. And change is happening, and they're feeling frustrated, nervous, whatever the case may be. What's your advice 
for a teacher to to handle change that might that might not be used to the chaos that can be public education um, thinking on its feet. What's what's your piece of advice for them to take away? Well, um, I've always I've always taken the belief that I'm somewhere for somebody. And so when I move, there's always somebody there that I can benefit. So I'm always looking for how I can benefit, whether it's change from one te- one classroom to the next or one school to the next. Um, but also, uh, when I had to teach many subjects at one time, and that was a quick change. I had no idea. I was I was supposed to be doing geography, and I got all these subjects other than geography. The one thing I was supposed to get was the one thing I did not get. And one of the things that uh, I think that I'm, I have developed over the years, and that's a, a repertoire of strategies. And so I might not have been that comfortable with science or with the other subjects, math or whatever I had not done before, but I had strategies. So I think if you could get a repertoire of strategies that work across the curriculum, uh, work daily. And I'm talking about like the writing strategies that we've talked about, uh, the sharing, the ownership, those principles and strategies. Then uh, if you can keep that, that's one thing that you can keep the same no matter what. And then you just plug in the content to those strategies. So I know, um, but that's one of the things that I've done is I keep strategies that can go, you know, like the KWL chart would be one that's an old, uh, an oldie bit of goodie, you know. So I keep strategies like that in my pocket, and then I, I plug in the content. Uh, as far as change, like new principals or new superintendents or things like that, um, I think you just have to accept the fact that change is coming. And change is going to be there. And then, but your job is to be there for those students. And as long as you're there for the students, it's going to work out. And that is it for Craft and Draft, ladies and gentlemen. Couldn't add anything to that. Just perfect. Pam Ochoa is your coach for today. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Um, I know there's, for people who are savvy podcast listeners, you probably have noticed that our, the podcasts have stopped being numbered, or at least on my end they have. I don't know why. I didn't change any settings, but the last like three episodes have come back without numbers. So maybe we'll figure that out, or maybe we'll just be a numberless podcast. We'll just release episodes like that. Who knows? It, it is what it is. There is a fix to it, but it's like, there's different fixes. I don't want to get bogged down in the technical issues. I just wanted to let you know that I'm aware that you're aware that I'm aware. Okay. But come back next week. We'll talk more reading and writing workshop. We're working on some live stuff. Um, I'm not happy with the settings yet. I'm, I refuse to do regular lives until my settings are good and the live streams look amazing. So keep uh, look out for that. Go like the Craft and Draft Facebook page. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode release every single Friday talking reading writing workshop in the public education classroom. But ladies and gentlemen, for everything else, know that we are here for you.